Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Looking to catch up on the latest Star Wars books? Try listening to them on audio, featuring sound effects and music directly from the movies. Star Wars audiobooks are the definitive listening experience. From brand new audiobooks such as Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire, and Star Wars Myths and Fables, to our blockbuster movie tie-in editions, you'll have plenty to keep you entertained. Start listening wherever audiobooks are sold. This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is James Arnold Taylor, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Hmm, I have a good feeling about this. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kenobi, show number 304. We are your spoiler-free place for Star Wars discussion, analysis, and rhetoric. I'm your host, Danzy, drinking One Nation coffee out of my Star Wars Darth Vader Christmas coffee mug. I know it's a little bit early for some people, but hey, we got everything out. It takes such a long time to do. We are excited. There's so many great ways to celebrate Star Wars and Christmas this year, and of course, all leading up to the Rise of Skywalker and tomorrow, my goodness, The Mandalorian and Coffee with Kenobi is going to bring you all of it. Each week we will be reviewing The Mandalorian right here on the main show, so you're never going to miss out on the Coffee with Kenobi analysis you've come to expect. Coffee with Kenobi is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. For all of your travel needs to the Disney theme parks and Galaxy's Edge, the cruise lines, or anywhere you want to go on vacation, be sure to go to our affiliate link, which can be found in the show notes on the front of our webpage or on social media, and sign up for a free, no-obligation quote. You'll have the best vacation possible and help out Coffee with Kenobi in the process. On today's show, author Rebecca Roanhorse joins me to discuss the pivotal prequel to The Rise of Skywalker, Resistance Reborn. And Tom is back with the latest Star Wars news. So pull up a chair, grab your favorite coffee mug, and let's have some coffee with Kenobi. Joining us today for a cup of coffee is the author of the upcoming Resistance Reborn, Rebecca Roanhorse. Rebecca, welcome to Coffee with Kenobi. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes, it is. It is exciting. Your book um, is is amazing, as you know, of course, because you wrote it. But there are a lot of people very, very excited. So we're going to do our best not to spoil this, because I know a lot of people uh, are very excited about enjoying this book. But before we get to the book, talk about your history with Star Wars. Gosh, well, I've been a fan as long as I can remember. I don't really remember a time in my life when Star Wars was not part of it. Uh, I had an older brother who collected, as far as just walking, <laughs> but I had an older brother who collected like all the action figures. And I remember, you know, uh, saving up the proof of purchases to send in to, to get Boba Fett and um, yeah, the Millennium oh, yeah. Falcon. And we kept all the uh, action figures and a big Darth Vader head. <laughs> so we were those kids. Uh, and I used to take those action figures and play with them, turn them into my own adventures. Uh, I built, I remember once building an epic sort of Lincoln log, uh, Death Star, 
Uh, so I've been sort of writing my own Star Wars stories in my head forever. Uh, and of course, I love the movies. I was a little less um, exposed to the expanded universe until recently. But now it's like I, I've got to discover that joy all over again. That I love hearing things like that because uh, I too had um, the same thing, saving for the for Boba Fett and the proof of purchase <laughs> and just the thrill of that era of Star Wars was just absolutely magic. And we told so many of our own stories, and now you get to tell your own stories in the canonical Star Wars universe, which is phenomenal. But what was it like for you to discover you were going to write Resistance Reborn, and what was the writing process like? Yeah, so. Um, um, the folks uh, at Lucasfilm and Del Rey reached out to my agent and asked if I wanted to write a Star Wars. Um, I had sort of done this online campaign on Twitter uh, when A Certain Point of View came out. That's a collection of short stories by a lot of contemporary sure. sci-fi writers. Uh, and um, I had I said, you know, well, you know, you should like a native author write Star Wars because there's all this cool native influence in Star Wars, everything from the Miwoks, uh, a tribe in Northern California uh, that, you know, influenced the Ewoks, you know, the Princess Leia's hair, which is like a Hopi hairstyle and all this cool stuff. And, and a lot of Native visual artists uh, talk back to Star Wars, incorporate Star Wars iconography into their work. So I just thought, wouldn't that be a cool match? I would love to see what someone did. I didn't mean me um, particularly, but uh, a lot of other Star Wars authors saw that and, and were very supportive and said, yeah, what would that write a Star Wars? And even my editor of my original work, I think, talked to the folks at Lucasfilm that he knows and were like, you know, Rebecca, you should let Rebecca write a Star Wars. Uh, so they did. <laughs> so they reached out to my agent and she asked me, hey, do you want to write a Star Wars? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> I... I can imagine that the excitement you must have felt knowing you're going to get to jump into this incredible universe. And, and again, it's just a wonderful thing knowing because at its core, and I'm sure you've noticed this too with other creators, everyone who works in Star Wars loves this mythology. What is it about Star Wars that keeps you coming back for more? Oh, for me, I, I don't know. I feel like it's the characters. Uh, my work is always really focused on character. Uh, and these are such great ones, uh, and they have such depth and uh, interest. And of course, the world itself is fascinating. Uh, I don't know; it just has magic. You know, it's 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 a magical thing. It, of course, you know, embodies a lot of the joy of my childhood, but also I don't know, it just captures the imagination. It's a great world to work in. Well, and, and hearing the native influence on Star Wars, I think, is a really, really cool spin. Is that something that you you noticed as you were growing up as well, and it was very exciting for you? Well, definitely the Hopi hairstyle, because I'm Pueblo. That's my yes. sort of part of the world. Uh, so I think all of us were like, oh, no, you know, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> so you can sort of imagine yourself being, you know, a princess, you know, and eventually a general. But um yeah, you know, I think probably my real knowledge of that came much later. Uh, I think when I was a kid, I just I just loved Star Wars the same reasons that everyone else does. Right, right. So, it, Resistance Reborn is the uh, is an essential prequel to the Rise of Skywalker, and without giving away any spoilers, as as I said at the top of this, 
Uh, where are we at in the beginning of this novel? We are immediately after The Last Jedi. Like, literally, maybe a day, if that. Um, the the folks that survived uh, Crete are on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, Poe has been sent out uh, to rally Black Squadron. And we are starting from there. And Poe's story kind of goes alongside um, what Kieran Gillen did with the Star Wars comics, correct? Yes, with the Poe Dameron comics. Right. And it, well, that that actually leads directly to my next question. You you're able to use some iconic characters from the entire pantheon of Star Wars, uh, comic books, uh, and many many other places in Star Wars, other novels too. Was that part of the purpose of this book all along, or was it something you really wanted to incorporate as an author and a fan? It was something I really wanted to incorporate. Um, this is a really collaborative writing process. Uh, the editors uh, at Del Rey Luke and Lucasfilm sort of came to me and they had an idea of what they wanted the, the book to focus on. And they had a handful of core characters that they wanted to make sure were in the book um, and uh, characters that they did not want to focus on that were saving for the movie. Um, and then they said sort of let go for it. Uh, and as I started to put together what I wanted to do with the story and, and how I wanted it to sort of come together, it just felt right to bring all these sort of disparate threads and characters together because this is, you know, sort of the end of an era. Um, certainly the end of this, this saga and the Skywalker story. And so I just, it felt good to bring all these pieces together. Well, it's, I think it's really exciting because we've seen this happening uh, slowly kind of evolving, but I, I feel like Resistance Reborn really is sort of the place where things really do come together in ways, uh, more exciting ways than I think we've seen so far in the history of Star Wars novels, which is great. And as you mentioned, there are certain characters you uh, uh, had at your disposal and some that we were going to save for the rise of Skywalker. So what was it like for you? be able to write some of these legendary characters? Oh, well, I think I said in another interview, like, when I, you know, it's, it's very surreal, you know, to get this gig, clearly, and uh, and it's kind of overwhelming at first, uh, because these are beloved characters, they mean something to people, and you want to do a good job, you want to honor that, and you want to find their voice, uh, and, and, and try to portray that, you know, authentically, that would resonate uh, with fans. Uh, and the first person to really hit that for me was Leia. And I think she was sort of my gateway in. And the first time I wrote, you know, Leia said or, or Leia laughed or something like that, I got chills. I was like, I cannot believe they're letting me do this. <laughs> um, sure. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thrill, but it's also a responsibility, you know, that I didn't take lightly. Uh, that I really wanted to get this right uh, for the people that love this world and, and love these characters, including myself. Well, I, I can unabashedly say that you absolutely nailed it. I, I feel like the big three of Luke, Han, and Leia would be the most daunting to write as an author and as a Star Wars fan because you have in your mind, you've got 41 years of history there that you want to capture. And you, you, you know, we all know how these three sound. And, of course, Leia's in this book and I thought it was uh, I thought it was an incredibly accurate portrayal, and I, I thought it was kind of cool. I felt like I was home. Oh, wonderful! Thank you. That is high praise. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I completely respect where you're coming from. Let's look at Leia a little bit more closely. She's obviously an icon and a leader and someone who I think has suffered more than anyone in Star Wars. I mean, her, her entire planet and her people, her brother, her husband, her son, and she comes back for more and she's she's no victim. For you, and now that you've walked in her footsteps, what is the secret to her strength? You know, I don't mean to be cliche, but I think it's hope and and faith in the next generation and that, you know, she's doing the right thing. You know, she's never really wavered in in her belief that she has to stand between sort of the forces of evil in the universe uh, and what could be. And I imagine that she draws from that because you're right. She carries so much grief and so much loss. And how do you go on in the face of that? And in this generational war that, you know, she gets, you know, some time of peace in there, but what it must feel like to have that all bubble up again and to have her son in the middle of it too. And, and to lose her husband so recently and, and all of these things, I think, sort of feed into her belief that she has to go on, you know, and she's, I think the way that I also thought of her in Resistance Reborn is she's ready to pass the mantle to the next generation, you know, to, to find, to, to help Ray as much as she can, you know, move forward, to help Poe find himself again after he sort of lost his way uh, after the disaster on the Radis and, and to, to sort of pass, pass things on. And that's sort of how I saw her. But she certainly is never a victim. Uh, and she never gives up, even though she has dark moments. She continues. Absol- oh, absolutely. Well, you mentioned the disaster on the Rattus and The Last Jedi, of course, which for my money is, is an incredibly powerful film, a masterpiece. So did, did you find yourself, for the research and the prep for this book, have to look at that film in particular more closely than some of the others? Yeah, you know, I will admit that uh, at, the, at first blush, I was not uh, you're like, oh, The Last Jedi will be my favorite. Um, I really love, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi and, and some of the classics, uh, Impression Respect, of course, but I really like Return of the Jedi a lot. Uh, and um, I was not immediately in love with uh, The Last Jedi, but then I did go back and watch it Gosh, probably a dozen times uh, when I was writing this book at different points. And I started to see like how well done it really is and how it expands the story and how it, it challenges this idea of like heroes, you know, and, and, and that people do fail and, and that people do lose hope and, and that all of these things happen and yet we go on. And, and that's sort of the part I think that really stuck with me. Uh, and and Poe has such a great arc in that movie. He, he goes from sort of like you know cocky flyboy to like you know, sort of disaster Poe, and um, he's he has to learn to live with his mistakes and and to try to make amends for them. And I think that's such a powerful story, generally in the Star Wars universe. Uh, we see that theme, I, you know uh, recurring in other characters as well. Oh, for sure. Well, you bring up Poe, and I was going to ask ask this later, but now is a great time. For you, uh, what makes Poe different from Han Solo? Because I feel like it would be easy to fall into those tropes uh, of, you know, the cocky pilot. But Poe has never been that. 
I mean, there are certainly elements of that with him, and you address that, especially in the beginning of the book. But what makes Poe different from Han Solo? And- well, Poe is definitely, I mean, so, you know, Han Solo was, you know, he didn't buy in full board at the beginning. And I think he's always a little bit like, uh, I don't know, I don't know my reading of Han Solo is that he's never 100% bought into this whole resistance thing. But these are his friends and his family, and um, he, he he's there for them, mostly. But, you know, even, I guess, in The Last Jedi, he stepped away from, you know, supporting the resistance. He's back to, you know, smuggling again and doing his, uh, back to his old tricks, so to speak. Uh, and and Poe is never that way. Um, he He's 100% in, you know, he, he went to the flight academy. He had the parents that were involved. So... Uh, this is who he is. Um, what he has is a crisis of confidence. Uh, I don't know that Han has ever had a crisis of confidence, uh, but Poe <laughs> certainly, you know, he sort of thought he knew everything, and and he finds out that he doesn't, uh, and maybe he doesn't always know best, uh, and and that's sort of his his challenge. Well, especially you see at the beginning when he talks with Maz Kanata, but he has a he has to take a lot of um, uh, self-reflection because of the amount of hubris he had, in, I guess, despite himself, really, that is addressed nicely. And uh, I mentioned Maz Kanata. You uh, got to write her, which I thought was a fun surprise in this book. But uh, I think what's nice is that you've balanced the mischief with the wisdom of her. And I, and I feel like that would be hard to not fall into cliches with this character as well. But I thought you um, you you danced on both areas beautifully. Tell me kind of the secret to walking in the mind of Maz Kanata. Oh gosh, you know well, <laughs> um, I think you're right. I think she is sort of playful and mischievous. Uh, I was trying to think of someone who had lived to see so much of this already. Uh, this is not you know something new to her, uh, and how that must feel like uh because I think she definitely cares, you know, and I hope that, you know, that comes across. But she also knows that people have to find their own way. Uh she's not going to bail Poe out. She's not going to, to save him and from his own, you know, uh sins, so to speak. Uh but she also has a lot of wisdom because she's lived for so long and she's seen so much. Uh and so I think that's sort of, you know, it's it's that mix of kind of what you see in elders, I guess, you know, um, and that's how I, how I wanted to portray her. Very playful, but also uh, her lessons are serious. It, it made me realize uh, when reading this, more so than uh, before, the movies are on uh, forces of destiny or different incarnations of her, that, I mean, she's certainly not Yoda, but they both, especially in the early part of The Empire Strikes Back, Yoda is playful, but he's also very aware that as a teacher or a mentor, the best thing you can do, and I certainly know this as a parent as well, is to empower your kids or empower those that uh, are with you that they've got to learn to stand on their own two feet. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think she would definitely say the same thing. And I do see parallels between uh, her and Yoda. Uh, that's sort of an interesting observation. Um, yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well. Speaking of interest, Ray is in this book. Uh, my assumption is that she's probably the most difficult to write because there are so many unknowns with her. 
her and and you know obviously her story is is going to be told much more uh, intently on December 20th but what was it like to be with Ray I, I will say the beginning there was a conversation which I won't go into the details of but Ray and Leia have this very poignant conversation that was you had me absolutely hooked from that moment on and that that had to be daunting to write as well because you're setting up a lot yeah um so Ray does not get as much focus in this book, and you're right. It's because uh, she's going to get her focus on December 20th. Um, you know, Ray, for me, <laughs> uh, I sort of came up with that scene because I was thinking, if I were Ray, and I had gone through all this, you know, when I grew up, like, you know, junker on tattoo sort of thing, you know, and then I met, Kylo Red, what would be the first thing on my mind? Uh, and it's like, <laughs> no, you know, war about this thing, you know? I don't know. I think my interpretation and all the railers will freak out, you know, um, is that there is, you know, something there, some fascination. And and here you are talking to his mother, you know, like, what are you going to ask? Um, so that was really my take. I just really tried to see it as a, a young girl, you know, it's very charismatic, but obviously bad dude. And, and how now you're talking to his mom and, you know, sort of what you, what would be on your mind. <laughs> um, and they let me, so take that as you will. Uh, they, they let sure. me write that. And, uh, and certainly, you know, the other aspect of Ray is that she is coming into these, powers that, you know, she probably couldn't even fathom, you know, that she would have before. Like, this whole world must just, you know, it's just so amazing. I don't know. She's a great character, I think, too. Um, and I'm really, I'm just as excited as everyone else to see what happens uh, next for her. I'm really excited to see where she goes and how far she's come. Uh, but this well, I, right I off- think. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just babbling. Go for it. No, no, no. I, I, it's, it's great to hear you talking. My, my hope is that um, someday you'll get a chance to revisit Ray in the future. I think that'd be great. But I, I think there's a misnomer out there. The Star Wars authors have already seen the scripts and, and seen the movies uh, before yeah. they come out to the public. But that's not the case. I mean, we're, we're, we're all fans of this. Yes, absolutely. Um, that stuff is on lockdown. <laughs> that is a need-to-know basis. And, uh, you know, I don't think they thought I needed to know. Uh, so I know as much as the next person, which is, you know, pretty much nothing. Which is cool because you get to enjoy it as a fan. And speaking of fans, Wedge Antilles, obviously a fan favorite since the beginning. I was curious too, when reading him and, and everything that, that he brings to the table, uh, how much of Chuck Wending's aftermath trilogy comes into your characterization of the rebel hero of Wedge? Yeah, so I definitely read Aftermath uh, because Nora is there, right? And, and they're in a relationship, and I shouldn't be too spoilery to know. Um, and of course, sure. Snap is involved. Uh, and so that definitely read in. I also went back and watched uh, all the uh, Rebel episodes. Well, there's like two, I think, um, with Wedge. Yes. Uh, and tried to, I think he's in another book. Uh, I can't remember now. Uh, so I just tried to soak up all the Wedge goodness that I could. And Wedge is one of my favorites, too. I've loved him since um, oh, cool. the very first movie, yeah. 
So I was very excited for the opportunity to write Wedge and to, and to get in his head and sort of flesh out his character. You know, and for me, he's seen so much. You know, and he's the one who's lost a lot, too. Uh, you know, and he's tortured and, and suffered, you know, for his cause. And so he's definitely sort of this veteran of the war. Uh, and for me, you know, he was someone who I felt deserved to retire in peace. But that's not really who he is. You know, he's always been a fighter. And he's a little bit restless. And he's trying his best to adapt to this new life. Just like Nora is sort of trying her best to adapt. Uh, and they're sort of doing it for each other when really they're both, you know, soldiers at heart. For sure. Well, you you mentioned Nora. I, I, I When I was reading this, I thought... It seemed clear to me that you had a lot of fun writing the character of Nora. Yeah, I know. I like her a lot. She's fun. She's a great addition. She is. She brings a lot to the table, and she's. A, it's. I think she's a fun contrast to Wedge as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sort of imagine Wedge is a little more methodical and, and thoughtful, particularly in his older years after you know being an instructor at the academy and everything, and. You know, and Nora is the woman who, you know, jumped in the pod to follow the, the Imperial down, you know, to Jakku and actually with Jakku. And in aftermath, uh, she's very impulsive <laughs> and, and uh, often gets herself in over her head and in trouble. And so that's sort of, I think they make a great uh, couple because they sort of balance each other out. But they also have the same goals in the long run. And it certainly shines through. So uh, I see your coffee's getting low. So, and I really appreciate your time of coffee with Kenoma. But I want to ask you one more question: If uh, you were in a, at a convention and Star Wars fans were to say to you, "Hey, why why is this book essential reading for me?" Before I go and see the Rise of Skywalker, what would you say to them? Oh gosh, well this is a Poe book at its heart. If you want to understand Poe and you want to understand uh, how he's thinking and what he's gone through. I think you need to read this book. I also think uh, I saw an, uh, a reviewer say this, and this was just the best review ever. Uh, she said that this was a love letter to the Star Wars universe and to all those characters, and it absolutely is. I wrote this, you know, as a fan as well, and and I brought back, you know, some of the people that I wanted to see, and I thought other people would want to see, and I I brought so many threads together from Battlefront, from the comics you know, for Battlefront the game and, and the comics and, and other expanded universe novels. And I just think that hopefully I did a great job of sort of wrapping up this era of Star Wars uh, in a way that satisfies uh, readers and fans. And I'm excited to get to share it with everybody. Well, I can absolutely confirm that you, you hit this one out of the park and I think it's really, really cool to explore Poe and to to deepen his character and help us kind of heal with him as he deals with what happened in The Last Jedi. Rebecca, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Coffee with Kenobi. Where can people reach out to you if they want to ask you a question or just say hello? Uh, yeah, well, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter uh, under uh, RoanhorseBex, B-E-X. And then I have a website, uh, RebeccaRoanhorse.com. Wonderful. Well, hey, thank you again so very much for being on Coffee with Kenobi. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. This is Vanessa Marshall, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. 
Looking to catch up on the latest Star Wars books? Try listening to them on audio, featuring sound effects, top-notch narrators, and music directly from the movies. Star Wars audiobooks are the definitive listening experience. From Luke Skywalker to Kylo Ren to Admiral Akbar, you'll recognize all of your favorite characters. Listen to brand new stories in the Star Wars universe like Thrawn Treason by Timothy Zahn. Can't make it to Galaxy's Edge this year? Just listen to Galaxy's Edge Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge A Crash of Fate by Zareta Cordova. With Star Wars audiobooks, you'll have plenty of Star Wars listening to keep you entertained. Available wherever audiobooks are sold. With the rise of the Resistance showing up very, very soon at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Walt Disney World and in January in Disneyland, you're going to want to be sure to book your Disney World or Disneyland vacation to experience this amazing, groundbreaking attraction at both Disney theme parks. To do that, I highly suggest MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Their signature service and expert advice will help clients maximize their vacation time and dollar. Their no-cost, no-obligation quote when you use this service will proactively help you as they will adjust a booking if the rate goes down. They help your family enjoy everything Galaxy's Edge and the Disney theme parks and the cruise lines have to offer, help plan every detail, and share invaluable tips. Please be sure to go to our affiliate link, which can be found in the show notes on the front of our webpage or on our Twitter feed, and sign up for a free, no-obligation quote. You will have the best vacation possible and help out Coffee with Kenobi in the process. Thank you so much. And speaking of thank you, I want to thank our CWK Patreon contributors, Jason Hall, Dennis Keithley, Adam Bankhurst, David Nicely, Jeff Ellis, Colby Mead, Ross Halliban, Frank Mulder, Alexander Moylan, Aaron Harris, Chris Kavarka, Angela Sauce, Yancey Evans, Alex Procaccio, Tim Van Swall, Ian Thompson, Rebecca Raven, Simbot Deftadarian, Christine Turk, Sean Reed, Kurt McKellen, Dan Ream, Brian Harding, Blake Weaver, Jim Capron, Caroline Maselli, Chris Metz, LJ Souter, Thea Selby, Daz Davies, Christian Dale, Brian McKinney, Jerry Cantor, BJ Smith, Eric Struthers, Nick Tico, and Mark Suter. Because of your wonderful contributions, you're able to help Coffee with Kenobi in so many ways. With our equipment, our travel, our monthly fees that continue to grow as the show continues to grow. And it all is because of your generosity and contributions. And I can't thank you enough. But you get something out of it in the process. For $5 a month, you get access to CWK Pour Over, your weekly podcast heard by so many of you. And thank you for your wonderful comments and discussion points we use in the show. It's myself, Tom Gross, and Corey Club. We talk about popular culture, behind the scenes, give tips about podcasting and entrepreneurship, and all kinds of great stuff. And it is a blast to bring to you. For $10 more a month, you get access to CWK Lens, where I try to talk to you as much as possible about the latest things going on in the world of Star Wars. But you got to be sure to tune in because they disappear after 24 hours. So don't miss out on the great things going on there as well. If you have any questions or comments, please email me, danz at coffeewithkenobi.com. And remember that 10% of your monthly contributions go directly to St. Jude Children's Hospital. Thank you so much. And now, let's see what's brewing in the Star Wars universe this week. Oh, wait. This is interesting. You found something. I'm about to let everyone in on the secret. It's time for the Star Wars news segment, which means we bring in the lovely and talented Mr. Tom Gross. How's it going, man? 
oh, it's going well. And I can't remember the last time I was described as lovely. So that is, that is great. That, <laughs> well, that just makes that makes my day. And it's on tape, so you can listen to it anytime <laughs> you want. Tape. Tape. Yes, you tape. said tape. Okay. I, know, I expect to get a copy that's of that that's tape. Old school. Yeah, I'm gonna get an eight track for you. <laughs> or a cassette, just, if you will. Cassette. Would you drop that in the mail for me? <laughs> I will. Wow. Wow. I'm trying to think of another older reference. <laughs> I'm, I had to change the antenna on my TV. I don't know if that one works as well. Yeah, well, it's all right. Hey, it's great. I love to be called lovely. Well, good. <laughs> Speaking of lovely, what kind of lovely Star Wars news do we have? Oh, well, there's a little bit out there these days. Uh, let's start with a couple of new Mandalorian trailers that were released this week, giving us a bit more of a feel for the setting and gives us more of a glimpse of a couple new characters. The first trailer released on Monday from uh, on Vanity Fair gave us a look at Ming-Na Wen's character, Fennec Shan, and we also get a look and hear the voice of Nick Nolte's character. Now, in the one-week remaining trailer released on Tuesday, we get a bit more of the narration in which we have become accustomed to in the other trailers, but this one describes a post-revolution galaxy that is in chaos. Now, that's not really anything new to us all, but the images continue to support this, and the action continues to impress. The first episode of The Mandalorian releases on the release date of Disney Plus next Tuesday, November 12th. Where is your hype at when you see these other things? Are you, was it already kind of maxed out or, or is this uh, – tell me where you kind of stand on this. Are you referring to the new trailers? Yes. Um, I, okay, so I'm never going to say that I don't like a good trailer or a new trailer, but let's, be, let's face it. I am ready for the show. I am ready for the show. And so these trailers are fun. And yeah, they give us some new glimpses. But man, I'll tell you what, November 12th can't get here fast enough. Right. No, I agree. I I don't, I didn't watch the last two because I'm just ready. I don't need any more hype. I just want to get, sit down and watch this thing because I know what the setting is going to be like. I've heard enough about what we can expect. I saw quite a bit of it at Celebration in April. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's time, man. It is time. I keep hoping that they'll say, "Hey, surprise! We're gonna let, we're gonna let everyone see it a few days earlier." Although I don't know that that's gonna happen. In fact, I can almost guarantee that it won't happen. But I, I am, I'm ready, man. I, I think that you and Corey should come over, and we should watch it live for the first time. Oh, that would be fun. That would that be would fun. be fun. Yeah, and I was thinking, boy, another two more trailers, all both in like a couple of days. And I just what I have to remind myself is that this isn't just promoting the Mandalorian. We're also promoting Disney Plus as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited about that live action Lady in the Tramp movie. I'm looking that forward to just fun. sort of perusing all the different little things that are going to be on there. Oh yeah, it's just gonna, I think it's just going to be fun and almost overwhelming to see how much content is on there. And you already know it's going to be high quality stuff. I mean, there are a couple of ones that aren't as strong, particularly in, in the, the massive pantheon of Disney. Like what is no one called the computer or tennis shoes or something to that effect? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't uh, <laughs> Apple dumpling gang. Although I do like those. I don't I wonder oh, how they stood up the test of time. But <laughs> Disney Plus oh. is going to be a, a rich resource. And it's going to, what I like about it is that, I can, uh, Mason and I and my family can sit in front of the TV and feel safe, you know, even when you're doing searches. I mean, if you do a search on Netflix for random things, you the creepiest know. images show up, but for Disney Plus, we're going to be okay. 
And hey, I've said this before, but let's bring movie night back. <laughs> exactly. So, well, in other news, uh, Cameron Monaghan, who plays Cal Kestis in the upcoming Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game, sat down and talked to Anthony Carboni on the Star Wars show this week. And Monaghan shared a little bit about the character that he plays. Now, he mentions that Cal grew up in the Jedi Republic, but his master was killed in, order, in the Order 66 purge. Now, he's been hiding on the scrap planet called Bracca. Monaghan goes on to describe Kestis as having a good heart, but he puts up emotional walls. Along with this, he has a volatile relationship with being a Jedi and the Force itself, and the game is a lot about working through his relationships and dealing with the past. Now, then, when Carboni asks him what, the, uh, what other Jedi Kestis is like, Monaghan says he is his own person. Jedi Fallen Order releases next week on November 15th. I want to pre-order this uh, exclusively so I can get an orange lightsaber. Have you Ooh, seen this? I have not. Yeah, it's. Um, I keep seeing people saying, hey, the orange lightsaber is canon again. Well, <laughs> again, it was never canon. The orange lightsaber was never canon. That was in the Expanded Universe. So this is the first time it's happened. I hope it's actually story-driven instead of just a bonus thing to pre-order sure. this because I feel like yeah. that's a gimmick. If you're going to have an orange lightsaber, I want it to have a legitimate reason for being in the canonical Star Wars. And, uh, I mean, I'm I'm more excited for this game than I thought I would be. It's Apparently, this is the closest you're going to feel to actually being a Jedi as far as the gameplay of operating and using the Force. So I'm mm. pretty stoked about this one. I, I, I might be as stoked about this as I am the Mandalorian. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Th- you know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out Iden Verso Storia, <laughs> which is phenomenal and fantastic. But the time I get to sit down and play the game, but you know, when I was looking at this and I was listening to Monaghan uh, talk on the Star Wars show today, and we're saying things like uh, he has a volatile, the character has a volatile relationship with the Jedi, and a game is about working through his relationships and dealing with the past. Dan, this isn't the video games that we grew up with. No. <laughs> I don't think Mario had issues with, other than he's trying to capture the princess. Uh, and I she's mean, always in another castle. That's got right? to be hard for you. <laughs> but this is, this is unbelievable and unreal. And when I think about when I think about what, you know, the, the closest thing I have to relate to this is the Battlefront story with Aiden Verso, which I just, which was filled with some twists and turns to the story and kind of change your perception of uh, the inner workings of the empire and, and things like that. I just, I really am excited. I, I almost wish I could just sit back and not play the game and just watch it played, which I'm sure will be available on YouTube or Twitch or someplace like that. But right. I just kind of want to see the story itself. Oh, I agree. I, I totally agree. I think that's that's where the the fun is, the, the storytelling components that go into making this what well I think it's going to be. It's gonna be a blast. It is. Hey, let's talk just briefly then about another game that is uh, coming out. Earlier this week, ILM, ILM X-Lab announced the release of the Vader Immortal Episode 3, which will be the final chapter of the Vader Immortal series. Now, in Episode 3, Vader has seized the Bright Star artifact and has returned to Mustafar. You, the player, are to try to stop Vader before he destroys the planet. In this adventure, you will learn more about your bloodline... And uh, you will battle Imperial troopers alongside the Mustafarians. Vader Immortal, which is played on the Oculus Quest and Rift headsets, of course, will release November 21st. So our biggest 
experiences with this for its celebration. We got to do the sample demo yeah. from episode one, and we uh, raved about it. It's tremendous. I have um, all kinds of reasons why I want to to buy the the Quest or the or what would you say the Rift? The it's the Oculus Quest and the Rift. Yes, you can buy either one, and I forget mm-hmm. I forget the difference. One's a little more expensive. I mean, the quality is great. I haven't heard a ton of people talking about the storyline in this game, although uh, there's someone I that is behind the scenes who has told me it's got some canonical changing stuff in it. Ooh, so I, I feel okay. like this is something. I mean, there, there's only so much time in the day and only so many funds in the CWK coffer, but right. I want, I really want to uh, find out more about this. And if anybody has played this and wants to share their thoughts, please let us know. We'll be happy to share it on the air. That would be really cool. I just I've noticed uh, as the holiday seasons are picking, holiday season ads are picking up. I've seen the Oculus Quest and Rift um, promotional ads, and it really looks cool. Not just the Star Wars uh, things, but but the other um, software that goes along with it. Um, a lot of it just really exciting three dimensional virtual, I guess, uh, reality type stuff. So this looks like a lot of fun. Listen, did you did you catch those release dates? So we have something. On November 12th, Disney mm-hmm. Plus and Mandalorian. We have November 15th. We have November 21st. I mean, come on. I know. <laughs> and then December 20th, there's something exciting too. Hmm. I don't have anything on that story yet. So we'll have to move oh. on to something else. Let's, you okay. want to do one more story? We can, Let's do we got time one for one more, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, let me see. I got a couple more prep. Let's do this one. Did you see the new Yogi Bo furniture collection that is re- that will be released on November, November 15th? And it will also have a second release on December 5th. Now, according to the Yogi Bo website, these are, um, they, they are releasing over 40 Star Wars related products that include furniture that mold to your body with zero pressure points. So as I'm looking at the images of these, I'm going to use this description, but I am sure that this is not the description they would want me to use. But since I can't, I can't paint the picture very well without giving you a picture, they're like, beanbag chair like things but i'm sure it's nothing like beanbag chairs but just picture that in your mind as i talk about this um so launching in november are two furniture sets that include two floor chairs a floor lounger with sort of a back uh, rest a bag seat a cushy ottoman or could be i suppose a small little table and a variety of character pillows in two sets one is the yogi bo rebel collection and the other is the star wars empire collection then in december we get a release of uh phase one of the yogi bo star wars mates which are little uh, for lack of a better word again i'm sure these are much cooler and plushier or softer uh, uh, stuffed animals. Then also they have a Yogi Bo Nap X travel pillow with the Rebel Helmet or Empire Helmet editions. Now, my favorite is a Death Star ball chair, but they also have a Chewbacca hugger, which I'm sure is extremely therapeutic, um, lap tables, and more. For a full list of these products and links to the Yogi Bo website, be sure to hop on over to the Coffee with Kenobi website. I got a, a release for this uh, from from Disney uh, about a week ago, and they were fun. There were there were some things that were more appealing and practical than others, but there's some there's some really cool imaginative stuff there. Uh, is there anything that you had your eye on in particular? Well, I'm quite. 
uh, I think the, I don't know if we're personal, but for my family, I certainly think the Chewbacca hugger looks <laughs> awesome. It looks to be about, what, three feet tall? Probably. And about as wide as you would expect Chewbacca to be. And you just hug up to this guy and you could probably push him over and lay on him and all sorts of cool stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to get this big walking carpet out of my way. Now it takes exactly. on a whole new context. <laughs> Well, great. Hey, man, it's good to have you back. Thanks for sharing the latest Star Wars news. Absolutely. My pleasure. Listening to Coffee with Kenobi, you are the podcast you're looking for. This is... Wow, one heck of a show for you this week. Kind of a bonus show. I had teased last week that I was going to have an extra one. But I gave the Anthony Daniels interview a little more time to be out there for you. And wow, what an experience that was. Anthony Daniels, what a great guy. He's been making the rounds. And we are honored that he's on Coffee with Kenobi. Thank you so much, everybody, for your support of having him on this show. And speaking of supporting our show, I want to thank our CWK sponsors, Penguin Random House Audio, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, and One Nation Coffee. Please support them. They're the way to support our podcast. Remember to listen to new and archive shows of Coffee with Kenobi wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, YouTube, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, CastBox, Deezer, and our website, www.coffeewithkenobi.com, or wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite shows. And if you listen to the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. It sends us to the top of the Star Wars search list and helps the show out tremendously. You can also find us on social media. In fact, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a like on Facebook and check us out on Pinterest. Be sure to listen to our CWK family of shows too, including Legends Library, Resistance Reactions, Comics with Kenobi, and Lattes with Leia. Please leave a review for each of their shows as well. Be sure to subscribe to each of them individually on their own respective feeds. In addition to the places I just mentioned for Coffee with Kenobi, you can find me twice a month on the podcast, Looking at Lucasfilm, part of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network, as well as on Twitter at MrZare, M-R-Z-E-H-R, you can find my writing on CWK's website, as well as StarWars.com, where I'm an official blogger there, and on IGN, where I contribute articles on Star Wars, as well as some other popular culture topics. Don't forget to check out www.patreon.com slash coffeewithkenobi to support our podcast and help us keep the lights on. Our Patreon page is where you can listen to our exclusive weekly podcast, CWK Prover, hosted by me, CWK newsman Tom Gross, and Coffee with Kenobi co-founder Corey Club, for just $5 a month. There are also options for behind-the-scenes videos, photos, t-shirts, and more. Plus, 10% of your monthly contributions go directly to St. Jude Children's Hospital each month. Thank you to all of you currently supporting us on Patreon, and thank you for considering becoming a member of our Coffee with Kenobi Patreon family. I want to thank Rebecca Roanhorse and Tom Gross for joining me on this week's show. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening each and every week for a cup of coffee with us. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk about and break down the Star Wars saga with me. And we are not done. The Mandalorian premieres tomorrow on Disney Plus, and we're going to have a review show for you as soon as possible. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. It's going to be great fun looking at this, which is going to take Star Wars into a whole new place. So remember, the Mandalorian reviews, you will find them here on Coffee with Kenobi each and every week. Thank you so much, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. And remember, this is the podcast you're looking for. 
This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for. There's no one here. Looking to catch up on the latest Star Wars books? Try listening to them on audio, featuring sound effects and music directly from the movies. Star Wars audiobooks are the definitive listening experience. From brand new audiobooks such as Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire, and Star Wars Myths and Fables, to our blockbuster movie tie-in editions, you'll have plenty to keep you entertained. Start listening wherever audiobooks are sold.